Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I am Doug. I'm Joe. Back from the uh, <laughs> the void. <laughs> Let's see, we're out. You missed. Oh, you missed. I've been two, out for for a while. Two or three weeks. A couple weeks. We we missed a week because we have lives and nobody's paying us lots of money to do this. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. <clears throat> Not yet. <clears throat> Maybe someday. And uh, but it's good to be back. Um, recording, hopefully, to you know, one or two or thirty listeners or whatever. Yeah, for the benefit of all. Yeah. Someday, you know, I was thinking about something today. Um, <clears throat> I wonder how long it'll be before you can query uh, audio content. Oh wow! You know, like right now, we have we basically have to if if somebody wants to hear us, <laughs> us talk about <clears throat> a subject or another, we have to basically. Write it out and tag it or whatever, but I think it probably won't be too long before you can query audio and just say, I want to listen to all the people that talked about, you know, X. Mm. Won't be long, I don't think. That's pretty smart, man. It's never crossed my mind, but it's, it's got to be true. we got to be headed down that path. Yeah. Well, um, we needed a little bit of quiet time. I, th- I think Joe needed some quiet time for sure. It was <laughs> I didn't know it was beneficial to me, but we actually lit the cigar quite a bit earlier than normal. We tried to give it maybe five minutes. I bet we gave it at least ten. Yeah, probably ten. But we got a cigar about as long as my forearm to smoke today. <laughs> it's pretty, it's, a, it's a, <clears throat> gonna be what, an hour? Two hours cigar? Hour and a half? It might, it's drawing hard, a little hard and burning kind of, it's not burning super slow, but it, it's gonna go, at least, I bet, at least an hour and a half. So, it's, it'll definitely go longer than the show, but uh, um, it is the La Gloria Cubana Maduro, and they call this size the Charlemagne, which it just gets so complicated sometimes because the cigar is called Charlemagne, the size is, and so it gets confusing. But it's 7.5 by 54, and it, it looks ginormous because we usually smoke, smoke smaller ones. <clears throat> um, Churchill's usually about as big as I'll go as far as length, and I love a Corona. But, uh, but that's what we started on, and um, it's kind of one of those cigars that's always there. La, La Gloria, Cubana, Maduro, you can find it, and it's good. That's kind of the, the press that I've heard on it. And uh, what, what, do you, what do you think, Joe? Well, my first impression is, is a good one. Even uh, before I took a puff on the cigar, the foot smoke just coming off as I was toasting, it was delicious. Um, which is to say something, because I smoked, a, uh, I smoked one of my favorites yesterday. Mm. Uh, now I'm drawing up the, uh, the uh, Camacho Ecuador. Ecuador, mm, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, it tastes sweet and I like the sweetness and, uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's good on today cause I've had a lot of physical labor today. So I'm tired and things always taste better when you're tired. <laughs> I remember listening to a really smart guy named Dick Prennicky say one time that he seasoned his food with hunger. And I think that that goes oh. for cigars as well. But anyway, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good start off. It's nice and sweet and that's nice today. But the, uh, I, I need to draw attention to the name, the Charlemagne. I need to remember my history, but doesn't that mean something funny like uh, Little Pants or something like that? <coughs> you know, I, I can't tell you, but would he have been called that? It was... <coughs> like Richard the Lionhearted or something? Or who, I don't know, who I, was it? Charlemagne. <coughs> I, I need to look back. I know uh, that that uh, Bill Federer talked about it in one of his... One of his uh, shows or something about Char- I believe it was Charlemagne one of those old rulers had a name that huh. we we tend to no I think it was Caligula 
Anyway, never. I, I might be just like way off the bat. Maybe, maybe we, we should have smoked La Gloria, Gloria Cumana Maduro <laughs> Caligula. That's what we should be smoking today. <laughs> I'm not sure. One of those names of, of one of the old, the old time emperors or something was a, a name that was he didn't like. And we, we tend to think of it as a sort of a big bad guy, but a, the name meant something like something like that. Little Pants or something mm. like that. Anyway. Interesting. I'm, I'm all over the place already this morning. That's all right. This afternoon, rather. Well, I had kind of high expectations for this cigar, um, and I forgot to write the price down. My apologies to the listeners. I always try to include that, and I forgot. You always put in the description <clears throat> if you Yeah, if I and I've got it, the subscription, the, the link. I'll have a link on the, <coughs> on the podcast. But um, I bought it because, <clears throat> you, you guys have heard me say this before, I've kind of learned that if you move from 4 to $5 cigars to 8 to $10 cigars, it's well worth it. If you have to smoke a few less cigars, just do it because eight to ten, you, you buy ten eight to ten dollar cigars, nine or ten of them are going to be awesome. You buy ten four to five dollar cigars, and four to five of them are going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And but this is one of those mainstays. <clears throat> I think more in the five to six dollar range. That's just this is always a good that's surprising good actually. standby cigar. <clears throat> that's surprising. And um, so I want to double check the price to make sure I'm I'm right on that, and I've wanted to try it because of that. <clears throat> Um, it's a great start, and instantly, <clears throat> put smoke was sweet. It's sweet on the palate, just a, just a little earthy. It's not, and it's not very strong. It's it's I'm sure it's right in the medium range, but just perfect flavor wise. There's a, a lot of flavor coming off of it. Not much strength. Good oil too. It's not. Yeah, little little bit of oil on it's good. So um, let me read you the official what it's supposed to be and what it is. There's there's some interesting history here, but. This is actually an E.P. Carrillo. Um. No, it's not, Doug. It's not a Carrillo. Come on. Carrillo. <coughs> E.P. Carrillo. Okay, sorry. Um, anyway, he was Ernesto Perez Carrillo, was a Cuban senator and tobacco grower. He fled Cuba in 1959, taking with him the secret of La Gloria Cubana cigars. This was a secret. He uh, he began making them in the heart of Little Havana in Miami, which is kind of cool because a lot of the you know a lot of the cigar makers is just dive into Nicaragua. But um, anyway, in Miami, Florida, he started doing that in '68, um, where the bold taste made them a local favorite. It says here today they're produced in both Miami and the Dominican Republic. And you know me, I kind of lean towards Dominican cigars or one with some Dominican tobaccos because I, I tend to like those. But he found go- out that the Florida <laughs> dirt wasn't any good. So yeah, they had something to like that. <laughs> But uh, this cigar is one of the most sought-after cigars in the world, it says. Now, that's what I would say if, if I had a cigar that wasn't the most sought-after. I would probably say that just in hopes that people would think it is. But anyway, assuming my info is true here, it has a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro, if it's true, wrapper. <laughs> and it offers a long, smooth, relaxing smoke. And I'm not going to finish the rest because the rest is telling us what it should taste like. Yeah, and we're we going to say know. that. We don't want to know. We don't want to know yet. Might go over it at the end. But um, <clears throat> so far, it's great. And um, I'm, I'm loving what I'm tasting. So, Joe hasn't been with us for a few weeks, and I missed a week. There's, it felt like other than the wall, nothing is happening until the March for Life happened, and until the kids wearing the MAGA hats got hammered, and and like so, a lot of stuff popped up recently. So I don't even know where to start. It's a lot of elevated <clears throat> um, blood pressure going on in the media right now. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, this January, I've been on sabbatical from the church, more or less, and so I've been kind of staying clear of a lot of it, but even even in my 
um, cloistered existence right now. I'm even hearing things about it. And, uh, of course, looking into the news today to come talk with, with you guys, it was, uh, I'm just surprised. I, I, I think that we have to, we have to be getting close to some kind of breaking point. Don't you think? And I, and before I would have thought... You mean breaking point in a good way? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. See, what, I think probably in the past, in the, even in the past six months, if I would have said we were close to a breaking point, I would have been talking about, like, somebody's going to start violence. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, oh, you just lost your ash on mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's where we're at anymore. I think we're at an intellectual breaking point mm. where, where, <laughs> I don't know how, you know, I think the left primarily, of course, cause that, you know, I would consider myself on the right, but the nonsense is just getting so thick, especially we're talking about this kid. He's a high school kid. Okay. Yeah. And, and he's, and he has every right to wear whatever he wants and to support whoever he wants. I mean, even if you and he's not, but even if he supported like David Duke or something, hey, you want to you want to support somebody? Do it. I don't you know argue about it, but you've got a right to voice to, not to voice to to support whoever you want. Even these uh, these Israel Bach Israelite people or whatever. I mean, they have some really messed up ideas. They've got they've got the right to do that. And so I mean, the fact that this kid's getting grilled, I heard. Just this afternoon, Rush Limbaugh was playing bits of an interview that he did on TV, you know, and they're just doing everything they can to try to make this kid apologize or, or back down, and he's not, so good for him. But we have to begin to a breaking point. This kid did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. And they're trying to demonize him. It's just, And that's morally wrong, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I hope, you know, I hope everybody by now has seen the fact that, you know, the this is what happens with with video. You get the first video, which mm-hmm. has no context because nobody turns their right. phone on until after something has happened. Right, and so then you don't have context. And if nobody had turned their phone on to get some of the surrounding circumstances, then yeah. we wouldn't have had it. We always assume that if we see it, we, we we have context and we can figure it out, which just is isn't true. It's not true at all. Um, I've I've done enough sleight of hand and illusion things on a very minor scale to even know that the action happens before people are looking oh yeah absolutely so um and the initial video that i saw at least the one where that they sort of like got mad at this kid about or whatever it looked like it was coming from over the shoulder of the drum player now Mm. who who took that video do we even know who took that video i don't i didn't hear who took it because it was almost like hey i'm gonna turn my phone on let's go let's go stir up these kids yeah because they're, we- they're wearing MAGA hats. You know, and m- maybe that was it, or maybe it wasn't, but it, it seemed to be pretty clear that the guy that was playing the drum lied and, and, and to, the, to the media what did he say? about the video. Well, he said that they were, like, kind of provoking him, and, you know, and it, it, it's like... Their clothes were provoking him? That, that's not what he said. Or, okay, he was saying that they were saying things that were making him upset. Well, and even when the media saw the video, they're like, you know, oh, well, look at him just standing there with that smug look on his face. Or he's standing there he's, trying to do nothing. He's super uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you expect him to you're do? Defining, <laughs> you're defining, you're telling us the look on his face. Well, how about asking him what the look on his face yeah. meant? He's like, I don't know what to do. This dork's playing a drum in front of me. Right. You know, I don't know. You know, he's a kid. I think that the whole group had pretty good restraint because, I mean, it was pretty obvious to me if somebody, I mean, I've had people do that kind of stuff to me before in the city. Yeah. And that's what you do. You just try to smile and swallow it and 
you know. Well, and I have to, try to move on. Have heard a, a few people on the right say the left did a really good job taking all of the focus off of the march, march for life, yeah. because it all got to be about about and that's this. What they were doing. <clears throat> it is, and that was huge. By the way, did you see some of the video? Oh my, the march I, for life! I didn't see the videos. I just heard numbers. I saw a time lapse <clears throat> that somebody took yeah. of the whole thing. You know, from a fixed location, oh, wow. sort of above <clears throat> it. <clears throat> it was, <laughs> I mean, you see some of these protests that get a lot of media attention you know and there you know there's maybe 100 200 people there sometimes but this was thousands and thousands and thousands of people so and you didn't see that on the news no you you didn't and that it's a shame and i i'm pretty sure this came from a right-wing source that's i don't only listen to right-wing sources but mostly i do one of the things i thought was cool is someone had a report that some i gotta get this right atheists and some other group that wouldn't maybe maybe anarchists maybe a home no it might have been like a, maybe even a, uh, some gay people went to the march for life and they said you know what we were pretty welcomed we were kind of a little nervous thinking we wouldn't be but no everybody welcomed us with open arms you know I, um, I'm for sure of the atheist part I'm not sure if it was a it was a gay group or not but there was a group of folks that actually said hey we're surprised that nobody gave us crap for being atheists or for being gay or whatever at the at the march for were life. Were they going to support the march for life? Yes, they were okay. going to support it. They were they were in favor See, of it. That's cool. I think that I think that that's all right. But, but uh, these other groups, you know, like that we saw instigate this incident with this the MAGA kid or I don't even know his, Sandman his name I think I don't even remember. But uh, they were there to stir trouble at the march for life. Yeah, they which were. Which is, is not cool. It, what? No, it is not cool whatsoever. So. Anyway, but that's that's kind of been the the big thing. But I, I guess on one hand, I'm happy that the larger video came out. But I do think, and this is where I want this podcast because we're not we're not here necessarily to give you we're not going to read you quotes, give you exact news stories. But we do want to quote on principles and focus on certain values that right. we want to have. And with regard to this story, what if we didn't have the bigger picture? Yeah. The the point here is that. I, I don't know if we get a short video if we can ever assume we really have the story. So we have to be careful. <laughs> In fact, it's good practice to reserve judgment. It is. Always. And I remember working with teens um, a few years back when anything would happen at the school, any typically a tragedy, but anything that just instantly everybody starts talking about, they just they, they knew they couldn't control the misinformation. So all the school could do was basically say, anyone who's an employee, anyone who's on staff... You cannot, this is what you say. Details are not in. Or something as simple as that. We don't have details on what took place. Right. And they had to make sure that everybody, at least working for the school, <laughs> mm-hmm. when somebody said, well, you know that John did this. Oh, he was on drugs. No, he wasn't. His girlfriend killed him. It's like all these kids talking stuff, and the adults just have to say, listen, yeah. we don't have all the information yet. And the worst, one of the worst things that you almost can't control is if something tragic happens... To your kid, you're probably going to see about see it on social media before you hear it yeah. from somebody else. Yeah. It's, so our world is... It's a weird place right yeah, now. It sure is. Sure. But we need to really um, be careful what uh, the judgments we make and the decisions we make based on um, quick judgments like that, even if we can see it, you right. know? There are a few. <clears throat> there are a few conclusions that you can jump to. I think that are safe or good, but they take discipline to jump to the right yeah. conclusions. I mean, always know that the person who speaks loudly is they have an agenda. <laughs> Whether it's their 
on your side or not, because right. it could be either way. But notice, know that the person who stands up and shouts loudly for attention, they're trying to do, they're trying to accomplish something. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's important. It is important to hold your tongue sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also important to. On some level, control your emotions, and and I want to use that word carefully. Controlling your emotions doesn't mean not having emotions, right. mm-hmm. because sometimes it's in, like, even here in the podcast. Sometimes I'll get excited, and it's not always the nicotine, and I'll get loud. And I think we need to have an environment where loud doesn't mean you're violent, <clears throat> because loud is important sometimes. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so. Um, I will not be too loud, but I do want to speak boldly about the cigar. <laughs> nice, nice, bold cigar that we have. Um, this, yeah, it, it's really, it's really nice. It's not knock my socks off nice, but I, so if I could give it a compliment, and I usually reserve this to a little bit later in the cigar, but nice sounds a little bit milk toast, but that's not what I'm saying. I mm-hmm. mean, pleasant and enjoyable on a, like, if I smoked a cigar every day. It, not too not too complex, but I'm really enjoying the flavors. You don't have to work hard to like this cigar. Right. There's some that there's some that um we okay, so if like you know it's a quality cigar and it's a and it's a highbrow cigar mm-hmm. and yet it maybe doesn't fit what you naturally would like, then you're trying to pick out the notes and you're trying to notice its intricate value. With this one it's easy to like. It's a it's a friendly neighbor. <laughs> it it definitely is and the sweetness is just is just right for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I do want to I do want to mention that the wrapper is uh, uh, it said the wrapper is Ecuadorian, so it's an Ecuadorian Connecticut uh, broadleaf Maduro. The binder is Nicaraguan, so it's got a little bit of Nicaraguan in it, and the filler is a mix of Dominican mm-hmm. and Nicaraguan. And I, it seems to me when I smoke Nicar- cigars that are mostly Nicaraguan, they're they're I don't necessarily dislike them, but they're they're not exactly what I like. When you've got some Dominican in there, it seems to smooth them out and even sweeten them a little bit. Just in general, that's a that's a gross generalization, but it works. And this cigar works well. Yeah. So I'm I'm liking what I'm getting. The, the it hasn't changed much. It's pretty much the same since we lit it. My ash did fall off at about an inch and a half. I think Joe's got a good two I, inches still. I, yeah, I've got my original ash, which is odd for me. Usually I'm <clears throat> wiggling around and I knock it off. Well, and I was wiggling around when mine fell <clears> off. <throat> And you uh, you probed yours a little to get some draw on it too. Oh, I did. I did. I forgot. Might weaken the. It, it could have. I don't think I went that far down it. But I, I was. See, I can see your hole there. So. Can you really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. You can see it in the end of the ash on the cigar. It it was drawing tight enough that I stuck a toothpick, a, a long skewer, kebab skewer down it. Um, it, it didn't actually seem trick to, of the trade. Yeah, it didn't actually <laughs> seem to loosen it much. But I'm I'm yeah. bearing through that. I wouldn't want it any tighter. Any tighter than this, I might actually not smoke it. Sure. Um, but it's packed. When you when you squeeze the cigar, you can tell it's it's filled with tobacco. It's not a light cigar, lightweight cigar at all. So uh, you know, we're <clears throat> we're enjoying it. Yeah, normally I think a cigar this size, I would I would be hesitant because it's going to be too long a smoke. Mm. But this one, as pleasant as it is, I'm kind of glad that it's longer. Honestly, yeah. If I if I smoked a super like a, a f- completely full bodied cigar this long, I might not be able to make it to the end. Yeah, um, it would lose its pleasantness. It sure. might, it might. But this one's great. So, this is um, great. kudos. We're liking it. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Maduro, though, Maduro. <clears throat> yeah, you meant it's the uh, Maduro wrapper. Uh huh. Did you hear what's going on in Venezuela right now? I did not. Okay. Did I miss that? Uh, well. 
Maduro, you know, the president or whatever, he's kind of been known as a dictator down there in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there was some action taken down there. I don't know if it was an election or what, but um, just today, a list of countries have um, basically not, they've ceased to recognize him as the president and are now, and, and the USA is one of them, uh, is uh, recognizing the leader of their parliament or whatever now as the interim president. Oh which is causing some major waves. Our president gave an order, just as I was leaving to come here, to evacuate all U.S. personnel. And wow, I guess some stuff's going down. That's pretty serious. Uh, concerning <clears throat> Maduro in <throat> Venezuela. So <clears throat> we'll keep our ears glued to that one. But uh, Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to hear more about that. And that's, you know, anything, any, any type of unrest has a certain element of danger, but that it, yeah. it could be a good thing. I mean, this unrest yeah. is... Hopefully, going to be good well, for Venezuela. You know? Any, and I, I mean, anytime we talk about unrest in Central America, it's a little bit. Um, I guess it's two sided because unrest can be good, but a lot of times, some of the unrest that happens down there is a result of meddling from other countries, and we're one of them that meddles. Yeah, we are. And that's hurt a lot of people down there. I'm, I tend to be more of a non-interventionist, but at the same time, I realize that to intervene sort of on the on the sly sometimes is a lot better than having a war or letting someone that's going to be an enemy rise to, mm-hmm. you know, too much power. So, I mean, I understand it, but we have to understand that also that sometimes the, the violence or the upheaval that hurts people, um, we're not always innocent in those things. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I do like the phrase, um, what is in America's interest? Yeah. Um, I think that matters. Uh, on a, on a, I want to draw a line here. On a political level, it matters. Because if it's mm-hmm. America's interest, if it benefits our country, the entire nation, sometimes we need to get involved. Now, if it's something bad happening and morally we want to get involved, I'm not sure that's a political thing in as much as it is... Um, an individual thing. Now, as individuals sometimes... But here's where it gets complicated. Because as an individual, I can't go down there and do anything. Yeah. But as an individual, I can say, okay, government, maybe in this situation, I want you to be involved morally. And that gets a little hairy for me, being mostly kind of a non-interventionist guy, because I think... When it's when it's economic things or when it's trade when it's you know free trade things, I just want to let the market take care of it. But then when it's something moral, I want to, I do it's, I do think that our government can say yeah morally yeah. we want to step and, in. And they're almost <laughs> always mixed. Yeah, you know it's not it's purely tough, an yeah. economic problem. That's a lot true. of times it's it's a whole big bad thing going on. Yeah, and it becomes very complicated. I mean, like look at what is going on with and I haven't like I said I haven't been paying too close of attention, but I know Rand Paul's been pretty outspoken about. Some of the things uh, with Turkey and the what is it the is it not NATO it's uh, uh, United Nations and Turkey oh, and some of the things that are going on there you know we can't just carte blanche say yeah we're going to support the United Nations if if that's going to force us to um, support somebody that's doing morally wrong mm-hmm. things you know so it's it's always more complicated than then any philosophy in its pure form will allow you to... There's always compromises that have to be made, and it's that it makes it difficult. It makes it really difficult to know where you stand or what to do sometimes. Well, it is, and I, I do have to admit, though, the United Nations... I mean, how many nations are there that could be represented in the United Nations that would be considered a, a Muslim nation? 
versus how many are there that's a Jewish nation? Well, there's one Jewish nation. Yeah. There's what six, eight. I don't. I don't know my enough about how many of them are yeah. Muslim nations. But then instantly, the Muslim people could vote right against Israel right away. So there, there seems to be something wrong right. there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would be like if if somebody in America said, "Well, let's get all the white nations together to vote against black nations." Right. People be throwing a fit mm-hmm. um, because there there is a problem with that, yeah. and uh, it does seem like the United Nations is kind of slanted towards trying to push forward some things that are. Not that we have to be necessarily pro-Israel, but we we're, we don't want to kill Jews. I mean, that's well, you know. Here's the thing: is that some of these countries have ideologies that mm-hmm. we shouldn't get behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, to to openly say you know we need to kill all the Jews, that's wrong. And and any country that says that that's part of their part of their ethos <clears throat> or whatever, that's going to be a problem. And I, I mean, it would be the same if it was black people or Christians yep. or anybody. It would be. Um, uh, and that's the trouble you run into with supporting Islamic countries, sorry to say. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I want to... There Oh, there went your ash. Um, I, uh, I want to I wanna go into this um, is, is it true thing. In, in, uh, I, I think I got enough time to talk about it before a cigar update. So, it, I've heard, and I can't remember who played it, but somebody, probably Media Matters did a montage, but somebody else played it of the media using the phrase, is it true? And a couple of times they were saying something different, but it was meaning the same thing, is it true? So they were reporting a story, and it, it, it was most of it was around Mueller, around President Trump doing something, around Russia. It's like, oh, we have this information on Russia. Well, if it's true, yeah. and every time they said it, I'm like, well, if it's true, then don't report it. Dig into it. Find You find out if it's true, then bring it to us in the news. It's like, why are you saying if it's true? I don't care if it's true. Allegations have surfaced. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, they've surfaced. Great. Let me know when you have some more information. It's and I, I want to throw for fun for fun's sake. I want to throw this out there. Sometimes my wife says, "Well, I'm not. I'm not sure if I, if if I want you to vacuum the living room." So I head to the garage and say, "Let me know when you make your decision." And when what she really means is, I don't want you to vacuum. You know, <laughs> she's you know. But, so, saying that to say, there isn't a story until you have a fact that when she says, I want you or don't want you to vacuum mm-hmm. the living room. So, until we know if the allegations are true, who who cares? Yeah. And the, this, the, the montage, of course, made it seem worse when you have a hundred people yeah, in the media course. saying, well, if it's true, yeah. and, uh, you know, this is an impeachable offense. Well, yeah, but is it true? It, it, sure. Right. Who cares if it's not if it's not true? You're giving us a non-story. Right. And, I mean, I didn't want to, you know, go into the media, you know, there's just so much of it. If it supports the narrative, we're going to report it whether it's true or not, Mm -hmm. which is just doesn't seem like media to me. But I understand that it's hard. It would be really hard for anybody to report completely unbiasedly. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's kind of impossible, honestly. Yeah. But 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 claiming that you're unbiased and being biased is different than just saying, we're going to, you know. Yeah. Sure. So, anyway. Um, that, so that's my little thing I wanted to throw out there on the media. But it's uh, just one more thing about Donald Trump. Well, if it's true. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, um, <laughs> should I? I think I have time. Do I, have page, I have page two of my notes. So, <clears throat> this is, you've heard this story about 
uh, Dave, David Webb, I think is his name, if I got it right. I, I'm gonna. Re- I don't usually read stuff, but I wanted to read this because I really thought I thought it was funny and it, and it proves an interesting point. But Ariva Martin is a CNN analyst, and she accused a radio host of being uh, out of touch because of his white privilege when she was on a Sirius XM radio show having a conversation about race and job qualifications. So the host <laughs> said, I've chosen to cross different parts of the media world, done done the work so that I'm qualified to be in each one. I've never considered my color the issue. I considered my qualifications the issue. That's what the radio host uh, David Webb said. Martin uh, from CNN uh, responded, well, David, that's a whole other long conversation about white privilege, the things that you have the privilege of doing that people of color don't have the privilege of. And then Webb said, how do I have the privilege of white privilege? And she said, David, by virtue of being a white male, you have white privilege. This whole <laughs> long conversation I don't have time to get into. Then Webb interrupted her and said, Ariva, I hate to break it to you, but you should have been better prepared. I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> So, (laughs) um, do you think that he was just getting so giddy when she's going off on this, or do you think he was upset? Well, I I read some. He was he he was not. I actually heard. I heard the audio. She played right. She played right into it, and because he (laughs) and I read some articles that said he was really just being lighthearted about it after Mm -hmm. the fact. But during the time... Because he, he won. I know. Yeah, you would yeah. be lighthearted. I won, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it was just insane. Oh, but it's yeah. so obvious that it's like the narrative is more important than the facts. And it's just like, yeah, I, I feel sorry that this, that Ariva Martin went right for that. Why didn't she... Well, you did know? you hear that afterwards she, she said something like, I had been Miss... Uh, um, she didn't take responsibility for mm. her incorrect conclusion. She blamed it on somebody else in informing her, her other yeah, giving her wrong information. Which I don't buy that for a minute. I think she she jumped to a conclusion based on the sound of his voice. I bet you. And <laughs> that's, that's, just that's too pretty, good. That's pretty too pretty good. racist assuming that it he, is, isn't assuming it? that he was white. Yeah, of course. Um but yeah. And but but so what? What if he'd have been white? Yeah, it's still it's still way off base. Yeah, it, it is. It's off base for her to say that, whether he's black or white mm-hmm. or Latino or Russian or Italian or whatever. Yeah. So it's great, I, and and that's see that's why the, it's things like this that I that makes me think that we're headed toward some kind of an awakening. I think that boy, I hope um, so. I I saw a panel recently of <laughs> um, of British millennials that huh. um, they were talking about Brexit. But these kids were turned on. They just had some random panel, and I don't think that the moderators or the people that put this panel together um, thought it was going to go this way. Mm-hmm. But these teenagers, millennials, whatever, they, I guess they, maybe they weren't teenagers. They were, um, I think they were probably 18, I, I'm assuming. They were for Brexit, and they, they were very handily articulated the reasons why, and they were good reasons that touched their own lives, and they, you know, you could... you. You could tell that these kids had thought about these things and that they weren't just repeating, regurgitating things that they'd been spoon-fed. And I really think that I have more faith in this next generation than a lot of people do. And certainly there's reason to not have faith in them. But I think that the, the lies and the deceptions are getting so blatant that people have a choice they really have a, a choice that's in front of them. Like, I'm, I can either continue being intellectually dishonest and toe the line, or I can just say, you know what, this is all kind of BS. Let's just get, 
let's talk reality here. And I think that a lot of the young people today are, are willing to talk reality. And that's cool. That's a good thing. I, I think that's a great thing. They are. And this, after the update, let's come back to reality and specifically the fact that in a previous episode, you said what, what's true matters. Okay. And I agree with you, but I want to challenge it a little bit on purpose. And, and I, I have a place I'm going, but reality and, and, uh, reality and, truth. and what's, and what's true matters. Let's, let's, let's do the update. And I actually think it's going to be fairly short. This is nice, consistent smoke. Like, if I'm not going to have crazy transitions in a cigar, this is pretty nice. I like yeah. this. It's not the Camacho Ecuador, mm-hmm. by any means, but just kicking back. The- in, in some ways, I like it better, though. I mean, even... It's- <clears throat> Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I could make that call. I, I, I think I just, I'll, I'll humbly I don't disagree. know if I like it better. Yeah. If, I, if you asked me what my favorite cigar right. was, I would probably tell you that. Yeah. It's good. I'd be hard to pick, pick the Ecuador or that other really fancy one we had. I forgot. Yeah, the, Liber- the Heritage. The Liberty? Liberty. Liberty, that's it, Liberty. That I would. I want to try that one again. I I'm think gonna, we have to do that one again. Yeah, I think if we make another trip to the cigar shop. I was thinking yeah. exactly the same thing. <laughs> it's yeah. a, and that's, you know, that's a $20 cigar, but... A trip to the cigar shop. That's when you. Yeah, that's when you. That's when you get a twenty dollars cigar and, and enjoy it. So, um, so we'll see. But anyway, this is consistent and good. None of the flavors have changed. The uh, if there's any change, and I might be wrong, maybe I'm getting a hint of spice in the back of my throat. Yep. And you know, I'm not a big fan of spice, but it's just barely there, and it's nice. It's mm-hmm. nice spice, and um, the sweetness is there. And I'm going to call it um, an earthy, maybe a toasty sweetness. Not not really a banana bready sweet bread, but there's an earthy sweetness with that toastiness is what mm. I'm going to call it. <clears throat> yeah. Because I sound smart when I, even if I'm wrong, if I say that. It's all in the adjective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have anything to add? <laughs> no, I, just kudos. Like, I think that, I think that this, this cigar reminds me of a good meal, like Thanksgiving meal where you just don't get tired of putting that taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's, it's good. The, the draw is bothering me a little. But the, it's so nice, I'm just ignoring the fact that I'm drawing hard. Like, I'm sucking in my cheeks a little. One, th- one thing that, I like, uh, well, that, that I'm liking about it is that the flavor is so good, but yet it leaves the palate clean. It's not like, it doesn't hang out in your mouth, and that's nice, you know? Yep. So, so um, okay. Um, so, back to... Truth and reality. Yeah. So, um, I, I want to limit myself a little bit, because I feel like we could talk a long time on this. Truth matters, but I do think that I'm going to say this. There is one thing more important than truth if they're in conflict, and that is someone's rights. Because a person does have a right to believe something and to act on it, even if it's inaccurate. Now, I might be wrong, but I'm throwing that out there to play with a little bit. I think the truth will set you free. I think learning what truth is is important. But I do think if two people, if two views are in conflict, I don't necessarily think that you can say, well, I have this science, lay it out there and say this is true. Because really, you're making a you're trying to put the truth stamp on your science and call it true when I'm saying I believe something different. And so I don't think truth in that case is necessarily the arbiter. I think the person has the right to be wrong and act on their wrong assumptions. So I knew you. I know you'll have something to say about that. Well, <clears throat> I think we have to think 
differently, and maybe maybe we have to think differently about these things in different contexts. I I've always been a very very big picture thinker, mm-hmm. and so when I say when I talk about truth, generally speaking, I'm talking about ultimate, eternal truth. I think that um, there are things that we can. Ah, does a person have the right to be wrong? <clears throat> For a while they do. But ultimately, they're going to die, and they're going to come face to face with truth. Then they don't have the right to be wrong anymore. They will be held accountable to what's true, whether it's consistent with their opinion and their or, or not. And so, <clears throat> I kind of like to take that idea That's and that ta- principle mm-hmm. and, and, and apply it to temporal things as well, because I think ultimately, the truth is what, is what we're after. Because it's you know, it's there's eternal consequences for whether we advocate for truth or whether we advocate for rights. I agree. And and sometimes that, they're in conflict. In that case, you're talking about truth is as reality is how I'm going to respond to that. And I heard someone say something really smart once. They said reality is something you will run into when you're wrong. And he meant run into like a brick wall. Mm-hmm. If you don't think there's yeah. a brick wall there, and yeah. there is, you'll find out soon that there mm-hmm. is. And mm-hmm. I believe that you have the right to run into that brick wall. Yeah. God gives you the choice. Right. And I, and I think particularly when it comes to politics, sometimes that's important because as we are, you know, post-enlightenment, as, we're, as, we're, as we try to talk reason and, and we try to use science, we tend to assume that the science is right. And even if it is right, I think sometimes a person's human right, even if they're inaccurate, the things that are their responsibility, that they have the human right to manage, their body... Mm-hmm. I, I think smoking a cigar the way I smoke it isn't bad for me. But even if you could prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is, I have the right to smoke a cigar, mm. and I don't think anyone should tell me I shouldn't. I, I, no, I, you can. T- no, you do have the right to tell me I shouldn't. Sorry, I said that wrong. <laughs> but good, yeah. I don't think you have a right by law to force me not to. Because I buy the cigar, I smoke it, it's my body, this is the things I'm responsible for. And I think we forget to quit being involved in things that people are just, that's yours. Mm -hmm. That's yours. You take care of it. It's your stuff. It's your family. It's your things. It's your property. You handle it. Until you come in conflict with someone else, until that hammer in your hand hits somebody in the head, you use that hammer how you want. Mm -hmm. It's your property. You know? And... I really, and even if you can scientifically prove that that's a badly manufactured hammer, it's actually harming your arm when you swing it, it's going to give you tennis elbow, and it's dangerous, and you shouldn't use that hammer around your kids, you know what? My kids are mine. My hammer's mine. Sure. So, <clears throat> I, I wanted to bring that up, and I, just because I agree with you on the fact that tr- talking what is true is so important, but I do think we have to be careful interfering in things that are none of our business as far as rights are concerned. Yeah, I think that um, it's very important for us to have choice. And some and and I think that it also is important for us to seek what is true. I think that uh, there are obviously varying cons- varying degrees of consequences for believing untrue things or choosing but see but see like We don't escape from the consequence of truth just because we uh, decide 
to believe something different. You know, I mean, I, th- I don't think our ideas are in conflict. I think that we're right. just they're they're held up by two. It's a contrariety. That's the right word. I think uh, contrariety. These points that are held in tension by one another that are both necessary for us to do life well. It's just um, I we navigate them. I think I have a good example. A young girl years ago that I worked with had a baby. A teenager had a baby, and she was not feeding the baby well. Mm-hmm. The, um, I can't remember the age of the child, but it was getting probably close to one. And um, because of the teen parents group we were running, we had some. We could speak some truth mm-hmm. into the <clears throat> into that child's life, into the parents' <laughs> life, into the grandparents' life, who was heavily involved because the girl was a teenager. Yeah. That had the, the mom was a teenager, um, and. You know, my wife was in this conversation with, you know, your daughter is constipated. You're you're giving her, you know, cheesy crackers. You're not feeding her healthy. And that's why she's she's grunting and crying because she's constipated. She, she can't go to the bathroom. And the girl's like, no, she's fine. She can go to the bathroom just fine. And I don't believe by law we should force that parent, that teen girl or grandma, to feed that child any differently by force of law. But I do believe it's wrong for that mom to feed the child that way. And I think we were doing what we could sure. to help. But ultimately, if that teen parent and that the, and grandma decides to feed the baby wrong, I, I don't think we should be involved. And at some point, I'm going to flip. I mean, if she's hitting the kid you know, yeah, you, with you, a big stick. See, that's the thing. I'm going to flip. There, there are lines. There <laughs> yeah, are there lines. are lines. And, and you do believe that we should be involved... Mm-hmm. Because you were involved, you yes, were trying exactly. to, but the degree, and, and that's some of the things right now too that I'm learning about um, in my law enforcement side of things, is that there are varying degrees of force that are used to correct error. Mm-hmm. You know, and in in your case, you were using what force was ne- was uh, appropriate to try to correct the behavior because the, I mean, was the child going to die if they continued on this? Probably not. And so you used a very gentle force of, and not even force, you could say, maybe just guidance. Or yeah. Re- relational that. influence is yeah. what I would and say. That's, and that's important, and that's involvement. But there are, there are varying degrees of error, and there are varying consequences for error. And, uh, and, there's, and likewise, there's varying degrees of correction and, and uh, remedy, you know, and, that, and that's good. I think... That's what makes life so confusing and fun at the same time is that all these gray, I don't even like calling them gray, but there's there's degrees. And it's well, d- degrees of how to get involved, mm-hmm. um, surely. Um, there aren't always degrees in right and wrong. You know? right. That, but, and that's what I mean. Yeah, but that's I, why I hesitated to yeah. say gray because that's not really true. Yeah, but and, 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 and the thing is it, it does make me nervous when somebody – would ultimately go to science and say, well, we can study these crackers and well, see that they're empty of nutrition, and because they're empty of nutrition, that parent is wrong, and we should use legal force. See. Because that's true. They're all, that's, all that's correct. Mm-hmm. But the more important thing is it's that parent and that grandparent, mm-hmm. it's their responsibility, it's their rights. And that's, it's weird, but I, cause I, I, you can, I hope you can tell I've thought through this since... The, three episodes ago or whatever when, when you said this because it's like there is something that makes me nervous when people talk about reason even reason I agree with I'm like okay you're trumping it with reason but be careful make sure you have the rights of the individual in place when you're trying to trump it with truth mm-hmm. 
Um, because the fact that it is their right is a true thing, is part of reality. Well, and, and, you're, and you are hitting on a, a very biblical and spiritual principle that virtue can't really be forced on somebody. It has to be chosen. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that's, that's why we have rights. Is because we believe in in the in the idea that there is right and wrong, and it's virtuous to choose right. It's not virtuous to force somebody to choose what's right. Yeah, and, uh, and that's that's reflecting God's character, I think. I I agree. Well, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Did it get too loud, or was I okay? <laughs> I guess we'll find out when I if I go back and listen yeah. to the podcast. So, well, um, all right, we're we're pretty close to another update, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We're at about 45 minutes. Okay, good, good. So, um, I'm liking this. Mine isn't loosening up. I would hope I'm probably close to half the halfway mark. Yeah. I was hoping it was loosening up, but um, I'm not going to complain about it because, like I said, the taste is good. It's drawing, it is drawing too hard, but I'm enjoying it a lot. And I, I think also I'm going to say that a couple of the Nicaraguans that we've had in the maybe maybe what did I smoke the last time? That one was pretty was pretty bold. You weren't here when I smoked one with with uh, with Mark. It was that Pepin Pepin Blue. Um, it was it had a lot of power behind it, if I remember correctly. This is milder, and I think I like it. Like I'm, if I get this much flavor and very little punch behind it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm liking it, and I might like it more. I'm I I don't think I'm a lightweight because I probably. I smoke probably at least one cigar a week. I don't think I'm a lightweight, but but I'm enjoying it. Um, <clears throat> the spice is in the back of my throat a little bit. I enjoy it. This, the flavor's the same, and it's good. Not same in a bad way mm-hmm. at all. I think I'm approaching the final third, and I'm getting a little bit more dirt. Okay. Which <clears throat> I don't really love, but it's not enough to where it's discouraging me. I mean, I kind of expect a little bit toward the end of the cigar to kind of um, to do that a little bit, but... Well, I remember in one of our Nicaraguans, I said dirty earth versus sweet earth, and that was kind of a line for me. I don't like yeah. dirty earth. Is that what you're yeah. getting? I just, just a hint? Just a little bit. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, that's that's good to know. But it's uh, not putting me off. Right. I mean, right. So. It's good. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it as well. So uh, where are we going next? You want to talk about the heartbeat bill a little bit? Sure. I don't know a whole lot of details, except it kind of kind of yeah. hit a brick wall. <laughs> It's our good listener, Mark. He's mm. probably listening live. And yeah, coming. yeah. <laughs> he must um. come join us. <laughs> what, what was it, 20 weeks, 6 weeks, 20 weeks? 8 weeks. 8 weeks. Um, everybody knew when we passed the heartbeat bill that it was going to get challenged. Mm-hmm. So it's not a surprise. It was, a Pol- I think, a Polk County court or something like that, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Like, pretty local. Um, they, I think they pretty much expected, if not anticipated, if not desired it to go to the Supreme Court. So I don't think we're really in danger zone or anything like that with and, this bill and it was shut down by a lower court not by a right okay it's gonna so get we, it's yeah. gonna okay. start the process mm-hmm. now of, of moving up so um i don't think it's anything to be worried about in fact i think that this is it's playing right into the hands of the advocates it's going to delay its implementation a yeah, little bit which is unfortunate but um i think that it's <clears> gonna <throat> do exactly what they wanted it to do and rise up through the court system did, did you hear about the new york thing New York passed a law legalizing abortion until birth, all the way up until... It passed. It passed. No, I didn't No, I didn't hear that. I'd heard that it was rumbling, but yeah, I didn't know it that it passed. passed. Which, wow. talk about... I mean, this goes back to our science thing. Science 
is pretty clear that a baby's a baby at conception. And but three seconds before three seconds yeah I mean <laughs> or three th- sorry three seconds before it's born before it's they're born. saying it's not a, a person wow which th- <clears throat> this is good we're setting up us for some Supreme Court things and and uh, the Supreme Court is more and more stacked <laughs> in, our, in our favor on this so I think that I, I'm not worried about it I am worried about how many kids are gonna die before. We can get it sorted. But. I don't. I don't know if we're politic. I don't know if I'm politically smart enough to answer this question, but it, it's worthy of asking. We can play around with it a little bit, even though we're not, you know, political experts or lawyers or anything. Do you think? It, do you think it should be? Yeah, self-proclaimed. <laughs> do you think it should be a state issue? Um. <clears throat> yes and no. Here's here's. Okay. I think it should be a state issue. In fact, in in the way that it is so far, that the Supreme Court's kind of thrown it back to the states. However, when we're talking about, we've pretty much scientifically conclusively proved that at the moment of conception, a baby has its own DNA, that it is a, it is a person, and according to the Constitution, if they have right, if they're a person, they have rights, and if yeah. they have rights, then it's the national government's job to defend those rights. So that's where I guess the line to me gets to me. That's where you draw the line. It's like if they're a person. And their rights are being trampled upon. They're then, yeah, then they should be protected by the federal government. I'm glad. I'm glad we're. I hope we can keep discussing it. The fact that the left tries to shut it. I know why the left shutting it down too. Is because it's almost a non-conversation. I mean, it's obvious. I don't even think the left believes it's not a baby. Right. I just think they think the 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 woman's right trumps the baby's right. Except they wouldn't say it that way. Yeah. And and here, as someone who is, I'm. Can I add, <clears throat> jump on there? Yeah, please, one, please do. I almost think uh, I'm getting to the point, and I think a lot of people are getting to the point where they're realizing. I think there's there's just an element of evil mm. in the left. I think that they get off. I think they get off on killing babies. I think that's part of their thing. I think they like it. Well, I I do think as a person that's big on parent rights, my kids are my responsibility. I get to decide how to discipline them. I get to decide what they eat. I get to decide what medicine they take or don't take. You, you, you can't force me, or you shouldn't force any parent. Okay, so I'm, I'm not, I don't want to get into that conversation, but as a person who's really big on parent, parental rights, on what I would say up to the point of killing, not quite killing your child, but, but for the sake of argument, up to the point of removing life from that child, it is your child, you're the parent, you get to decide. But what, if you remove the, then you're, you're then in conflict with that person's right to life if you try to remove their life from them. That's why it becomes a life issue, and that's why it becomes a national, uh, a constitutional yeah. issue. I think that you wouldn't argue, though, because a lot of the issues that you would like to declare parents' rights on, they're because science, the proclaimed science that is trying to be forced upon you is you believe that could be harming the child instead of benefiting the exactly. child. See, that's the ang- you come at the angle of benefiting the child. Mm-hmm. It's your, You make choices in order to benefit the child. If a person is intentionally, deliberately making choices to harm their child, then I think that we have, a, we have to have a different discussion about parents' rights. I- because if a person is, is an evil person and they're m- intentionally deciding to harm their child... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if they have a right to feed them a little bit of bleach in their food or not. Um, 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to move to to protect the the kid without having a big conversation. I would agree yeah. with you too. I I don't I don't draw the line at life. I do draw it a little further a little I do violate the parents rights a little bit further than just life mm-hmm. but the reason I'm drawing it here for this issue is because right. abortion is removing the absolutely. life absolutely yeah. and that's why you don't have a parental right right because the constitution and and that's a that's a completely legal argument that's not even a moral right, argument right that's saying the constitution says right to life that mm-hmm. child in the womb has a right to life and so Legally, by our constitution, yeah. that cannot be removed. Um, and and the other conversation is a lot harder one to have. It's way harder. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, it's easy when it's a family member and you're getting involved and you're helping. It's harder when you try to make a law yep. that, that seems <laughs> that seems good. Mm-hmm. And then you realize if you give too much power to the government to protect a child, mm-hmm. then they end up saying and who gets to decide what's beneficial and what's exactly what's then harmful. it then it gets. A yeah. little hairy. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just got myself <laughs> sucked um, in some smoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I'm glad that this issue, particularly this issue of life, is so black. It is black and white, and I'm glad it it is so because it, it makes it a lot easier to have an opinion and and to make it a law. Yeah, and and I'm I'm. <laughs> Science, I think, is on our side on this one, too, which makes it a little easier because there's not like, you know, you don't have... Can I say something? Sure. Science is always on our side because science is a methodology that, le- that leads to truth. It's the people that Co- call their conclusions science that it's not science that that's our enemy. Yeah, we're getting into defining words. Correct? Yeah, correct. Good good science, real science, ob- observational science. Um, again, and, and, it's, and, and listen, I'm always happy to have a conversation when you're talking about s- science is truth, science is reality. Science versus- is a methodology. Okay, versus someone's rights, <laughs> yeah. I'm always willing to have that conversation right. because that's if we're in the right spot, then it's okay to say, "Geez, maybe we should limit the parents' rights right. a little mm-hmm. because that kid's getting hurt." Yeah, um, I, I get it. Um, I just I'm I'm always I'm always afraid of big bad government. Oh coming, yeah, we should you know. be. We should be. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to make laws, but if people are hurting yeah. other people, then we need to make laws. Yeah. So, well, um, I, I think that that was a, that was a, man. Thanks, man. That was a great conversation. I really, want, I really wanted to hit on that. I'm glad that we can talk about it. And uh, I, I really hope that people who aren't as similar in their beliefs as you and I can yeah. sit and talk about stuff, too. I because so. these, these, are, these are important conversations. Um, and uh, you don't always have to have a cigar in your hand to have these conversations. But if you can, you might as well. Why not? <laughs> and I wouldn't mind recommending the <laughs> the, yeah, uh, absolutely. the La Gloria Cubana Maduro. Uh, we've got... A third of a cigar yet? Just to smoke. about, yeah. And we're we're near the end. We did start like I don't know, ten or twelve minutes early, just to, so that we could get through more of the cigar. And I knew it would be a long one, but uh, um, the flavors are are good. They're they're standing up. And I want to read the last sentence of what it says: a relaxing smoke that is well balanced, earthy, woody, and has just enough spice to hold your attention. So earthy. It doesn't say sweet there. I would say it, it yeah, should it say a little sweet. sweet. And uh, but we're enjoying this cigar, and I hope you all enjoyed the conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's call it a wrap. Thanks for listening to Doug and Joe talk. See you next time.